Bald. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, ladies and germs, boils and ghouls, all the Talking Terror fans nationwide and across the world. We are back. It is a brand new episode of Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to the Ghoul Geek Keith's pick this week. We're going to be going back to the year 1994 to discuss Brain Scan, directed by John Flynn. I'm excited about this one. So, you know, a cool movie, and we hope that you enjoy the discussion we're going to have later. Uh, we are without the demonic Dr. Dave this week and next week, so he will not be joining us for the next two weeks. I know you guys are disappointed. I am too, but we'll try to soldier on with Adam. In the meantime, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Hey, everybody. How you doing, man? You know, I'm cool. I was John Connor once, man. How, how, how are you guys doing tonight? I don't know. Maybe we should go over here and ask our best buddy forever, the Mad Monkey, fresh out of the cage, throwing tapioca. Why do you have to do it? I got mono. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But in the meantime, hey there, Fright fans. I'm your horror co-host and primate in the straight jacket, the Mad Monkey. And it sounds like you guys, just like I am, am really looking forward to tonight's episode. I think this is going to be a really fun one. I think we're covering brain scan. Nineties <laughs> cheesy horror. I can't wait to get into this shit tonight, guys. <laughs> I got it out of the back of a Fango magazine. <laughs> Fango. Yeah, yeah, the one with the eyes, the fucking googly eyes. <laughs> That's how cool we are. We don't say Fangoria, we say Fango, because we're horror fans. <laughs> I just don't think we wanted to get sued. I can't. I can't lie. You know what? There's probably been plenty of times that I've called it Fango rather than saying the entire word Fangoria magazine. You know. Well, I've said Fango too, but it's like in this movie especially, it's like it's Fango, man. You know, call it Fangoria. Like, oh, yeah, this movie's cute. <laughs> but we're gonna get to it later on in the show. Um, but like I said, the demonic doctor he's not gonna be here this week or next, so we're gonna soldier on next week. Uh, we're gonna switch up the rotation, so it'll be my pick next week. Stay tuned at the end because I'm still kind of debating back and forth what I want to do. Uh, but before that, Monkey, uh, Ghoul, do you have anything you want to talk about in terms of horror news before I kind of get into some articles? Well, I heard Go the ahead, Monkey's Ghoul. got an itch somewhere that he wanted uh, to discuss okay. with us tonight, but, you know, oh, uh, I don't sure. know if that's appropriate <laughs> for the show. No, that was just my balls. But, um, no, it's like, seriously, is that odor still there? Uh, no, I sh- I, no, I just got out of the shower. Uh, Nurse Johnson gave me a total scrub down. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling clean. I'm feeling ready for the show. You know, I'm dialed in. I got this shit on lock. But seriously, I think before we do anything else, car news and whatnot, like I, I think we ought to give it to the king real quick to just take a minute to remember. Yeah. Um, this past Monday, July 16th, it's the one-year anniversary of George A. Romero's passing. Uh, it's still fresh in a lot of people's minds. I was kind of really 
uh, taken aback in a lot of ways. When I went on the Facebook on Monday morning and saw so many tributes to the man, uh, he is not forgotten, you know, one year later. So it's good to see that. People are still remembering Romero and still watching his movies and keeping his memory strong uh, and his legacy of film. So, you know, I really do appreciate seeing that, especially because we all know how much of an idol he was to me. So one year gone, still not as easy of a pill to swallow that he's not here anymore, but raise a beer tonight for and here I thought you I thought you were saying like this is the the same date that like Judgment Day was like supposed to happen or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, wow, really, I'm like, wow, he's really taking this serious. I didn't realize it was Judgment Did they have another one of those crazy Christians coming out with a judgment day again? Oh, no, no, I, I meant, like, from Terminator 2 Judgment Day, man. I don't remember what exact date that was, so. Uh. Yeah, I don't remember that either, but I do know that Taco Bell is doing a lot of promotion for that movie for some reason lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Nacho Fry commercials, if you notice them, they're trying to dial into a prequel to De- uh, Demolition Man and Judgment Day and all these other things. So, And they're also mm-hmm. going to be making a, a pop-up Taco Bell that's going to resemble... Uh, Demolition Man in L.A. <laughs> do, they have, do they have the three seashells in the bathroom, man? If they don't, I would be severely disappointed. Like, if you go to the bathroom That's and there's not three mean. shells, they did not do their job. That's all I'm saying. I, no, but agree. Quick, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's like, um, real quick, I just want to get back onto Romero just because I wanted to ask you guys, like, as far as Romero... And I just want to ask, what did you guys think of, for you, what did Romero bring to the world of filmmaking? Go ahead, Ghoul. I mean, it's obvious what he brought, man. I mean, you know, he brought us fucking zombies. He brought us the undead as we see them everywhere, you know, in today's day and age. And now none of those things would exist as we see them now without what Romero brought to the page. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I concur. Yeah, you know, Romero was, uh, you know, to me, he was always a working class director. You know, he was never quite the Hollywood guy. You know, he was happy living in Pittsburgh, making these movies, and then moving to Toronto towards the end of his life, and still making movies like Diary of the Dead and Survival. You know, and just being happy, knowing that fans still remembered his movies, and when he went to conventions, they, the lines would be wrapped around the corners. You know, he was one of those directors that just was always outside of Hollywood, but he was always making movies. So whether you loved them or hated those movies, they were still there. You know, it, it was kind of cool to see him still making movies, you know, years and years later, despite the fact that it might not be the best, you know, in quality, like survival. It's still cool to see it because he's still one of the worst. You know, he could have hung it up a long time ago, but he's still one of the great. So I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and... I- for, for me, though, it's like, you know, he, he did the zombie stuff that we all know, but I also liked how he wasn't afraid to add social commentary to his films. And I thought it was really cool that he showed us that it's all right for horror movies to have all the fun stuff like the, you know, the boobs, the blood, and the gore, you know, but they can also think, make you think about society and whether or not we want to continue to be part of what at the time was considered civilized society. Yeah. He was great at social commentary, including in his scripts and, and making these movies what they were. I know he wasn't a big fan of The Walking Dead when it came out. I know he was asked to direct a couple of the episodes uh, early on when The Walking Dead first got started. And he said, it's not my thing. You know, I didn't create it, so I really don't want to direct it. 
And it's just not my thing. I don't like The Walking Dead. It's too much, you know, drama, not enough zombies. So I kind of like the fact that he was throwing his opinion out there on The Walking Dead, even though it's a smash hit in all reserves. But Romero was never funny, a funny, though, considering that all of his movies were really more about the, the people and the drama and rather yeah. than the zombies. You know, so yeah, I, to kind of say that just seems a little odd, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was it was weird for him to say, but it, it was his opinion. I mean, I kind of got it in a way, because there are a lot of episodes of The Walking Dead where you don't see one zombie. It's like, come on, can't you just mm-hmm. throw us a bone, have one show up, you know, just to make it The Walking Dead rather than just talking for an hour? There's been plenty of those episodes, but, you know, I, I definitely didn't wholly agree with him because I know he injects all that social commentary about people and the way that they handle the, the apocalypse, like in uh, Land of the Dead, having Fiddler's Green, and having Dennis Hopper basically play Trump and his mm. uh, Kaufman character, you know, kicking all the poor people mm. out and making them live on the outskirts of town while they all live the lavish lifestyle inside. You know, so he was, you know, just a great man, a great innovator of the zombie genre. And, you know, he's, I'm curious to see if they're going to pick up the uh, Road of the Dead that he was producing before he passed away. I haven't heard any news about it. Yeah, did you say his kids were doing some shit with that stuff? Uh, I know Tina... His daughter, who was with him when he passed, is working with Tom Savini on a, like, rock and roll type uh, zombie film. Or, or, no, it's set in a, I think it's set in a nightclub, rather. I, I think it's set in a nightclub. And then, yeah, uh, when, when it's, yeah, yeah I thought it was set in a strip club or something. I think you're right. I think it is set in a, you know, a club like that. And I know his son, uh, Cameron, he's working on a prequel to Night of the Living Dead. So he's working on that, and he's going to be, you know, getting the funds together for that. I know that Tina's working on getting the funds together for her film. So, you know, his kids are working. You know, they don't want his legacy to be forgotten. So right. I'm looking forward to seeing these things. I want to see what kind of quality it is. Mm-hmm. But then speaking of Romero and how he did that, and then another thing he worked on was Creepshow. Segway. <laughs> That was a good one. I like that segue. Keep it hot. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so, King, you had just posted up an article earlier today about Creepshow. Indeed I did, because apparently the Shudder streaming service uh, that just recently had the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, the 24-hour marathon, apparently they greenlit Creepshow to be a TV anthology series that's going to be helmed by Greg Nicotero, who's currently working on The Walking Dead. So it's going to be a weekly episodic creep show, different, uh, you know, kind of like Tales from the Dark Side, set within the creep show universe. So hmm. I'm excited to see what they come up with. I hope they keep the comic book style like they kept in the movies. If they do that, I'm sold. I think it'll be a great series. I don't know what you guys think about it. Uh, again, I mean, obviously it always depends on the quality of, of the writing and who they get. I'm sure they'll try to get, you know, different different genre guys um, to kind of add their, their little bits and pieces to it. But, um, you know, I'm not against something like that going down. You know, I, I love a good anthology series, so. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Monkey? Yeah, and I'm really excited just because I also saw that every episode is going to be written and directed by different people for every episode. So we don't have... A, a set cast of production here. So I'm excited just to see the different spins that happens on here. But isn't that generally the case with anthology shows is usually they go with different writers and different directors for the episodes? 
That's the way it's always been, as far as I know. You know, from early on as the Twilight Zone to Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt, it's always been a different director, a different writer for every episode. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it kind of the anthology aspect of it. Um, you know, okay. It's interesting enough. But I think it's kind of nice to see that Shudder is picking this project up, and it's not going to be on CBS or NBC or WB or whatever they call it now. Um, you know, it's going to be on Shudder. So I feel like they're going to have more kind of gravitas towards what they create in the episodes and the content. You know, they could be more free to have nudity and gore and language and not be restricted by anything like a studio. So that's what I'm most excited about. Well, I mean, as somebody that has Shudder, you know what I mean? I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to anything that they, that they put that's exclusive. So, you know, I subscribe to Shudder through Amazon and, uh, you know, I forget, I mean, obviously, besides the horror aspect of it, you know, I mean, it's a channel that is focused on nothing but horror films for the most part. Um, right. And I think I remember getting it because uh, of one of the movies we were covering, and they happened to have it. And, you know, I, I've kept the subscription up, and yeah, I've found plenty of interesting and entertaining movies on there. And just as many ones that you start, you watch a couple minutes, and you're like, no, this 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 is just not right. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of times I've seen those movies on YouTube and other services where I start it, and I'm about 20 minutes in, and I'm like, I don't like this at all. This is just not holding my attention. I keep trying to suffer through it, but I can't. So, But it's good to have that kind of service because you can just go from one movie to another and just easily do so. Like, this movie sucks. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else is there. Oh, okay, so I didn't like the New York Ripper, but they have City of the Living Dead. So let me see what that's all about. I mean, maybe I'm in the mood for zombies tonight maybe not flashers, you know, and, and see where it goes from there. What I thought was interesting, though, was that on Friday when they had the Joe Bob Briggs last drive-in, the 24-hour marathon, that basically that I broke was going to actually ask you about because uh, that was kind of all over the place, you know, this, this weekend. I kept seeing people popping up and throwing things in there about it, and I wanted to, to know what you thought. I'm surprised it wasn't something you went to, man. No, well, I don't have Shudder, and I didn't sign up for it, so – but they are going to be putting the entire marathon, not only on Shudder uh, to watch like the whole thing, but they're also going to be putting it on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. So you can watch all yeah. the movies that he did commentary for. Where was it done? It was done uh, via Shudder on, online, uh, live. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I thought I saw somebody had said something about making a trip out to wherever they were doing it. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't going to go out there because it was, it was live. So you can watch it from your laptop or your phone or wherever you kind of get that shutter service. It wasn't a live event that you could go to. Uh, okay, I got you. All right, see. But so it was that, kind of cool me. to see that. They, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that they basically broke the, the bandwidth. Because so many people were trying to tune in at the same time to watch this thing. And Shutter just couldn't handle it for a little while. So it kept getting in and out and people were complaining. But at the same time, it makes it kind of cool because it shows that Joe Bob Briggs has fans. And they want to see what his thoughts are in these movies. And they kind of want to reminisce about the days of Monster Vision. Mm-hmm. No, and huh? that's cool that it went on. And I'm excited that it can be rebroadcast and we don't need to have a shutter service. But I wanted to ask you, Google, with the shutter thing, is it just a streaming service that's just dedicated to nothing but horror? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, you know, I'm literally flipping through it right now, you know, and you got... All kinds of, of years taken on here, and 
I mean, you know, he just let the right one in to, you know, Boris Karloff in Black Sabbath from 1964. You know, they've got... Every year, every genre, every everything's covered in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, so they've got obscure you, things. I mean, you got pieces on it, here, it, Battle Royal on here. <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> but, um, you, yeah, but you, as a hardcore horror fan, are you pleased with the catalog that they've got? I mean, I've enjoyed it, you know what I mean? Again, for the little bit of time that I have to, to watch things other than stuff that you know, I watch a thousand times over and over again. Um, <laughs> you know, have, having, you know, yeah, you know, how, how many times am I going to watch fucking, you know, the Warcraft movie? You know, which is probably way more fucking times than anybody should ever. But, you know, actually, you know, lately my big thing is I, I started finally watching the latest Bond films. And, you know, I've never been a big Bond fan but I decided that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in I'm gonna check out Casino Royale, and as soon as that was done, I went and bought Quantum of Solace, and as soon as that was done, I went and bought the the, the next one, Skyfall or whatever it is, and Spectre's on Amazon, so I'm not gonna purchase that one yet. But uh, yeah, no, I ended up actually really really enjoying them. So that and a Disney kick. That's the other thing I've been doing a lot of is watching fucking Disney movies. So. <laughs> But yeah, as far hey, as Shutter goes, yes, I do enjoy the, the the streaming site. Hey Google. Yes. You want to build a snowman? <laughs> Not tonight, motherfucker. Not tonight. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I watched yeah. the Black Cauldron <laughs> over the weekend. And, awesome uh, movie. You know, I haven't seen that in years. And yes, you know what? I do. Uh, you know, I, I remembered seeing that as a kid and enjoying it. And then my memory of it was not quite as fond as, I don't know, as I guess like my, my initial thought of was it. So then I, uh, you know, watching it now, it's it's got its weak points, but for the most part it is a very entertaining, solid, solid little romp for a Disney film, you know? Yeah, and, and it was the first Disney film to be rated PG. I mean, first Disney cartoon to be rated PG. Wow. Definitely a lot of uh, cool design in that film. But the mountains are councils are councils are mountains. <laughs> no, shut up, Gergi. <laughs> no fucking fuzzy shit. Kick <laughs> that damn thing. I'll tell you what, though, I'll be honest. Yeah, again, we were watching it, and I was like, you know, when he dies at the end, I was, like, impacted by it. And I'm more upset, I'm angry that they actually bring him back because it took away the impact of that character's sacrifice. You know, it was just fantastic because he was such a chicken shit the entire movie and then for him to turn around and do that was just awesome. And, like, I'm sitting there and I really, like, I felt sad. And, you know, like, Cassie was sitting here and she's like, well, that's a bummer. And I'm like, yeah, you know, she she didn't quite use those words. She said, you know, quite quite a quite a vocabulary of of just terrible terrible curse words um, regarding it. But you know, but for him to end up coming back, I was like, wow, man, that kind of sucks. You know, as much as I enjoy a a good happy ending, like that felt like one of those movies that could have ended dark and depressing and would have had, I think it would have had a better impact. 
You know, that's one thing. I wonder yeah. if that got changed at a later point. You know, if they were like, listen, man, the kids are fucking leaving the theater crying. Everybody's upset. That's like fucking Bambi. It's not like they brought Bambi's mother back at the end, okay? His fucking mother gets <laughs> shot, and she dies, and she gets turned into jerky and steak and fucking venison, plain and simple, man. And that's fucking life, okay? So Gergi should have just fucking died. I agree. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm out of that conversation. I know. You hate cartoons. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he right after Dark Crystal. He hates Star it? Wars. He hates Beep Boop Beep Sci Fi. <laughs> really, there's a lot of things that I hate. <laughs> people. People. <laughs> people. Yeah. Animals. <laughs> Animals, that, yeah, sometimes, you know, animals. Planet. I just, I was never a Disney kid. I don't know. I just never got it. <laughs> I was always that kid. It's like, fuck Disney, man. Like, I want to watch something else. Can I watch Pulper like, I, I like American Tail. I like Littlefoot. See? Don't even know what that is. Over those, my head. Those, are char- those are characters from Dol Bluth movies, not Disney movies. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. You speak very highly of Don Bluth. Often, hey, so. I fuck. Hey, I I fucking love Don Bluth because at the same time when Bla- when Black Cauldron was coming out was at the same time that you could in the in the movie theater hit up the arcade machine of Dragon's Lair. Mm-hmm. Which Nothing was Lair. which was an animated video game done by Don Bluth. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. and speaking of Dragon's Lair, because I'm going to do a segue now. Uh, Season 3, the teaser for Stranger Things dropped earlier this week. Uh, It's not a very exciting teaser. It's just basically a a fake trailer for a mall uh, where one of the characters, I believe it's Steve, works at, and they're just talking about the mall and the arcades that they have in there. But what's most interesting is that it's not going to drop on Netflix until summer of 2019. We're going to have to wait all the way until next summer to get season three of Stranger Things. So I wanted to get it from you guys. What do you think about that? The fact that they're pushing it back seen, so far. I haven't seen the trailer, man. Um, that sucks. But you know what, dude? There's so many fucking things to watch at this point anyway that something's going to come out. And I'm going to go, ooh, look, that's something I want to watch. And then I'm going to watch fucking, you know, The Seventh Son, you know, for the... <laughs> How many times I've probably watched that fucking movie at this point? Fucking riches. I just, I just love fucking uh, Jeff Daniels' fucking performance in that man. Or not Jeff Daniels? Is it Jeff Daniels? No, it's fucking um, the, the dude, the Big Lebowski. My bad. Oh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes, yes. He's channeling his inner Sean Connery throughout that movie. So, you know, I, I may end up using that as one of our, our picks one of these weeks, just because that movie's so fucking bad. It's great. Um, but no, it sucks when they do this with, with popular series, you know, and I get that, you know, to some degree they want to, you know, we want to put in quality. We want to tell a good story. We want to do this. We want to do that. But how much is it too that they just want to fucking drive people crazy and draw Mm -hmm. the interest. And then they're going to all of a sudden bombard us with fucking all kinds of advertisements and promotions and they're going to be in White Castle and Hot Topic and here and there because everybody loves fucking Stranger Things all of a sudden. Mm. Um, 
Just fucking put the goddamn show out, okay, please? It's like Game of Thrones, all right? All we want to do as Game of Thrones fans is watch the final fucking season already, and it should be coming that, eventually. That still hasn't come out? Not the last season. Shit, I'm still waiting on the sixth fucking book, okay? So, and since George R.R. R. Martin is fucking busy collecting checks and jerking his fat ass off in other places, that's never going to happen either. You know, so getting a conclusion to any of the fucking things I want to be concluded just doesn't seem to occur. So give me straight to six season three, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, well, and that's, that's we, what you brought up, too. Uh, you know, I'll get to you in a second, Monkey, but I wanted to bring this up yeah. to you as well. Um, what the ghoul had said about Stranger Things, it's like you want quality, and that's why you got to wait so long. But it's only going to be, I think, eight or nine episodes. Eight, I believe, is what they were talking about for season three. And I think they're yeah. done. I think they're wrapped. I think they're just completely done with the season as a whole. And they're just going to be moving on to four, I guess. You know, if that's going to be greenlit by Netflix. It hasn't been announced yet. But, you know, it's just making everybody wait until summer of 2019. I think it's just a, a, a tactic, you know, like the ghoul had said. Just to get everybody excited. Yeah, I've seen it before with uh, shows like The Sopranos and HBO where they take a year-long break, and then by the time it comes back, they're like, oh, shit, that's what happened. I completely forgot. <laughs> so the time it comes back, I'm like, oh, fuck, that show's coming back. I don't want to watch it anymore. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out, though, was do you think maybe they're just stalling because maybe they're trying to get as much filming in as possible for multiple seasons before the kids start going through drastic changes, you know, in their growth spurts and all that kind of stuff. But if the season's in the can, they can get that season out and still continue to do what they're doing. Yeah, I think we yeah, talked about that think, before, too, about the going uh, back-to-back. I don't think they're doing it yeah. that way. Because that's what I was trying to figure out, is maybe they're trying to do the long game and get some season, you know, a couple seasons in the can before the kids start going through weird ass growth spurts and shit, so you can and then start popping them out on a regular basis. And see the negative with doing that, and I've seen this before with other films too that have dealt with like ma- massive delays, and they're gonna run into it fucking real hard with this cast because they're so young. You're gonna have seasons that at the rate they're going, when they do promotion, these kids are going to look like they're two, three years older than they actually are in the current mm-hmm. season. So you're sitting there looking at them like, what the fuck? And, you know, there's also going to be the people that are going to go, wow, look at the makeup that they did on them. That's so great. They look so young. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it was filmed like two uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally get that. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll be excited for it either way. But I think summer 2019 is a little bit too long of a wait, you know, for Stranger Things. I think they could definitely do it easily the beginning of 2019, waiting for the summer. It's like, why the long wait? You know, is there something special about the summer of 2019 that's what they're waiting for? I, I have no idea. Dude, I don't know. All I know is I saw Ant-Man and Wasp this weekend. Okay. okay. And now I'm just upset. Okay, I'm upset because I don't get another fucking Marvel movie until March of next year, okay? So for whatever fucking geniuses are over there at Marvel, however great you guys are, I'm glad you gave us a palate cleanser like fucking Ant-Man and Wasp after the fucking downer that Infinity War was. But you guys should have got something in that fucking November, October area fucking to fill the fucking gap. It would make sense. 
But again, you know, March isn't that, you know, that's the way they always do it though. They have these kind of gaps where they release a movie and then they'll have another one kind of coincide with it. And then they'll drop off. I know that Spider-Man, I think the sequel is coming next year. So you're going to have Spider-Man. Um, and then the next Avengers movie. So Marvel, I think, you know, oh, they already got know Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is the next film. And then well, the next yeah. Avengers film. So, and plus, I think they Ven- oh, okay, you know what? I'm wrong. You know what? It's not Marvel Universe per se, but Venom is coming out, you know, in fucking September yeah. or whatever. Over. Yeah, that's not really technically part of the MCU, but it's still a Marvel movie in a way, you know, just not the, the MCU universe. And I think that'll be good. I think I like the fact that they're teasing the, the Venom costume the way that they are. You know, giving you just enough of a taste so that when you go into it, you know what to expect, but not entirely. Um, but switching from Marvel to DC, because I was actually going to bring this up tonight on the show, since, you know, the doc's not here. He's not a fan of comic book movies or comic books in general. So I feel like we have a little bit of wiggle room. Or puppies. Uh, but, <laughs> Those are yeah. my kittens either. Or babies. No, <laughs> But they did announce a release date for the Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. That's going to be October 3rd of 2019. They're going to be dropping that film, which is supposed to be incredibly dark and a really hardcore uh, character study with Joaquin Phoenix. But not only that, but the Jared Leto Joker movie is supposed to be coming out next year, too. So next year, there's going to be two Joker movies. What? Both from completely different perspectives. Yeah. What the Fuck. There is going to be a Jared Leto led Joker film and a Joaquin Phoenix one. I don't know. I don't really care for either. I, I mean, I like Joaquin Phoenix, but I don't see him as a Joker. But then again, I could be surprised. I was when Heath Ledger uh, played the Joker, so maybe I will with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know. Just, I, I, I think that's just too much Joker. Move on. Like There's other villains in the DC universe that I think would have you know better chances of having a movie. Man, who the fuck is behind, like, the DC Cinematic Universe where they're just going to sit there and shoot out all these multiple movies of the same character and different actors and shit like that? It's like, listen, this is just all kinds of jumbled up fuckness. All I'll say is this, and I highly doubt it's where they're going to go with it, but if they were, let's just say, to use your term, that they were going for the long game, if they're setting up crisis on infinite earths, right. then having multiple movies portraying makes the sense. same characters using different actors makes sense. But I just don't see any movie studio willing to fucking fund that kind of risk. The money that's got to go out to pay somebody like Joaquin Phoenix or Joaquin Phoenix, however the fuck you say his name, man. You know, the, the, the talented ones fucking, you know, his, his brother was great, man. I loved River, dude. I just I'd never oh, been yeah. sold on fucking Joaquin Phoenix, dude. He was good in Gladiator, I guess, but, you know, I wanted to watch him get raped. Um, he was good Johnny Cash. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that much. Oh, God, I've that movie, man. Never seen that movie. Not a Johnny Cash fan, you know, and that gets me yelled at by the Google girl all the time. It's just not my, not my digs, man, at all. Yeah, I mean, I, just I'm don't, not a hardcore go for it. fan, but I do like it. You know, and he, he did an okay job. But also, and that's what I forgot to mention, is that not only are there two Joker movies that are going to be going into production and released tentatively next year, there's also the Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey, which is supposed to be released next year, alongside with Aquaman, with Jason Momoa, the most boring which... cinematic hero ever. 
getting his own movie. Which, as far as I know, the only film that's actually getting released that's like completely 100% official is Aquaman. Um, yeah, everything else, they've got all kinds of shit that they've thrown out, you know, to see what sticks. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, the original Birds of Prey, if I remember right, was like one of those alternate universe type of deals. Uh, didn't they do one where they were like in the 40s or some shit? Yeah. yeah they was that a whole other fucking thing of... altogether? Well, there was also the uh, the TV series back in the day on Fox, Birds of Prey, that came out and lasted only a couple episodes. Where yeah, was, I never uh, watched it. Yeah, it was Harley Quinn, and they had the Joker in one episode, and Bat, you know, Batgirl, and shit like that. It was it wasn't very good, and it didn't last very long because it just wasn't a very good show. It's not like Gotham that's got all these fans, and I don't understand that either. I've tried to get into Gotham, and I just can't. I just I've tried so hard, so many times, and I just so bored by it. It has not stuck with me. Anytime I've tried watching it, and everything I've heard is that you gotta get, it's one of those where you gotta get past the first season and if you can make it past the I first know. season, it gets really, really good. I can barely make it past the first few episodes. I think I've gone like <laughs> yep. two episodes, maybe three tops, and I'm like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the pe- yeah, but also the people who watch Gotham are not comic book fans. These are normal people who are watching this show that takes place in the DC universe, and it's a TV show for normal people, so they can say they watch a comic book TV show. But it's not a comic book TV show. It's just a detective, like underworld, you know, mob boss kind of show. But it's not a comic no. book show. Pretty sure what I heard is that this season he's going to finally put on the fucking thing and, and be Batman for, you know, and that's yeah. it, though. That's I guess the next season is the last season. So they'll have it ending with him yeah. being the Bat. Yeah, I, I think they, they said this upcoming season is supposed to be like the Dark Knight, where he becomes Batman and starts fighting crime, even though he's a teenager. I like eh. I like the kid that they had portraying the penguin, you know, like I it's yes. not for yes. lack of like a cast or anything like that. I'm just I just can't get into it and you know like I tried doing the other DC shows and I did I did for a while I made it into like five seasons of Arrow and two seasons of Flash and two seasons of Supergirl and a whole season of Legends of Tomorrow but like that was the problem there was no downtime between any of it and I'm sitting there trying to fucking like cycle all these shows I had some lists that I found online and it told me what order to watch all of this shit and like I'm watching all of it and none of it's really connecting but I know at some point or another they do all intersect so I don't want to be the person that starts watching the intersection episode and then being like well where's this guy why is he here Oh no! So I have to watch it in like that specific order, and that yeah. just cancels it all out to me because whatever website had that list, like their domain, they lost it. So that list went kaput. I couldn't find another good one, and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking care. So I'll stick to the movies. You know, I'll watch Legion. I still haven't finished that season yet, too, so, you know, I still, I still got things to, to watch, man. I still got to watch all the fucking... I got to finish Jessica Jones season two and start on Luke Cage season two. And, you know, too busy masturbating yeah. and watching fucking Winter Soldier for the eighth time. <laughs> no, it's just all... All, all, of the, um, all, all of the DC series had started off re- really strong, especially I was really happy with the first couple seasons of The Flash, but... Unfortunately, just like the comic books, they had to 
start overlapping everything. And like you said, the storylines were interceding and overlapping so much that you had to watch, you know, all however fucking many it is now, like five series, you know, to get the complete story. And that's exactly why I stopped reading comic books that have been coming out, you know, in the past 10 years is because they don't know how to write a story just on their own. It's just, you know, DC had come out strong uh, before all the Green Lantern bullshit, and then when the Green Lantern bullshit blew up, everything had to interact with Green Lantern, and I was like, oh, fuck this shit, man. Just Why can't I just read a column book? I don't, I don't want to read your <laughs> entire fucking universe. It's yeah. a world, it man. So- it's a world. It does. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, yeah, I saw the poster for uh, Aquaman. First world white people because... problems. There's too many damn <laughs> comic books. God damn yeah. it, Mom. Well, well they're going to work on I another. I can't keep up. They're going to work on another two Aquaman movies, and they're going to start the Usos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before the end of the WD. Say, ooh, I'll say so. Usos? Yeah, I just. <laughs> and I told the monkey Speaking of school, wrestling I actually, real quick sorry, Yeah go ahead No you go I was going to say I actually I got around to watching Justice League And I told the monkey just don't even bother Like just don't It's so painful to get through It's like two hours of just oh my god Like when is this movie going to You guys haven't even watched that yet I have I know the monkey has not No uh, I am No I'm have been so displeased with the DC movies I'm, I'm not even going to watch that shit uh, I've watched it a couple times. It. I don't like it. I've watched it a couple times. No. There's, there's That's like why it. you watched it a couple times. <laughs> you, you know the, what it is? is, I, think, is I think every time I watch yeah. it, I'm hoping to find something in it that I like. I like, and like I, I like the Flash in that movie, but there's really not enough of him doing things. Yeah, no, I don't like that movie, but I watch it. No, he's good in short bursts. <laughs> the movie. Flash. I was like, you know what? He's okay. You know, Cyborg was atrocious. So I was like, oh my god, Cyborg. Like, this is just terrible. Yeah. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> but, you know, and you I'm know, sure that's what he was like as Batman is what it is. You know, but it's, just, it's, it's ruined by a very obvious Henry Cable. You know, enough of that. <laughs> but, uh, what were you going to say about wrestling? Oh, dude, I'm going to fucking meet Shinsuke Nakamura in a couple days. All right, you? really? Mm-hmm. Indeed. He's gonna be at iPlay America and uh and the Ghoul Girl got Samantha a ticket and I get to take her so and as a parent I get to go in with her for her little photo and all that stuff and I'm just gonna look at him and say, Come on <laughs> You gotta say knee to face. Knee <laughs> to face <laughs> <laughs> Can I kick you with the balls? <laughs> yeah. Can I give you a whoa blow and then just say God bless America? <laughs> now that you're the Hope US he has the belt with him. I would be surprised if he didn't bring it with him. Like, just, why wouldn't you bring that with you? Just for the photo ops alone. You know, just that people be able to hold the belt maybe, you know, in the pictures. I mean, I think that would be cool, but that's mm-hmm. a big name. I know that Seth Rollins was asked that way not that long ago. At that uh, place that you're going to. Oh, really? I missed that. I, that I didn't see he was there. That would have been fun. Yeah, a couple cool. people were posting pictures of him with their like kids and stuff like that at that that place. So I was like, oh, Seth Rollins is there. That's cool. I would have liked to have met him. Burn the fuck down. 
It would have been cool to see him, you know, that's wrong. But, you know, Shinsuke, that's a guy I'd like to meet, too. <laughs> you know, just to see how good his English is in person. No, it's without, we, we've already we've already given Sam the uh, the warning that he probably is not going to understand a word she says, so that's why I just told her to do the come on thing, and you know he'll probably get a laugh <laughs> out of it and take a picture and, and just go. Either that, or you got to walk in there and just start dancing like him, and he walks down mm-hmm. the ramp to start convulsing a lot <laughs> and touching your face. <laughs> uh, what is it? Sorry, Shinsuke. I had to dance like you. Like when I come down <laughs> in the ring and I just collapse wearing my Michael Jackson jacket. Just <laughs> <laughs> moonwalk in. No, it's, that's the other one, man. That's the chick. Carmella. All day, oh, baby. Mella <laughs> is money. Can't wait until next week to see Becky Lynch versus Carmella. That's going to be nice. Can't wait to see uh, 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 uh. Becky yeah. Would like to see her back in that contender spot for the title. That's what uh, Monkey and I were talking about last night. She needs to be back in that title spot. Not jobbing the people. <laughs> no, get back I, into I, horror, I, man. Have you guys seen the trailer yeah. for this Overlord movie? Oh, yeah. I watched it earlier. The J.J. Abrams movie? Mm-hmm. It's like fucking live-action Wolfenstein. I can't wait. Oh, fucking some World War Two fucking zombie shit, man. But it looks like it's all kinds of crazy. Yeah, and it was supposed to tie into uh, Cloverfield. Apparently, that was a rumor, but apparently, J.J. Abrams said it's not in any way kind of connecting to Cloverfield. It's just going to be a standalone movie, Overlord. So that I think is interesting that he's officially said it doesn't tie into Cloverfield whatsoever. It's a standalone movie, but it looks fucking intense. Monkey, if you haven't seen the trailer, I think you're going to like it. World War II experiments, fucking monsters. Like, it just, it was all over the place. Plus with the ECDC Hell's Bells playing in the background. Perfect track. Yeah, because wasn't the original plan that he was saying something about the Cloverfield project and then the announcement was for this one that was supposed to loosely tie into it? Wasn't that the original plan? Yes, it was. They originally planned it so the Cloverfield Paradox would come out on Netflix and then Overward is supposed to be like the connecting factor to those movies. But I guess because of how bad Cloverfield Paradox was kind of received on Netflix, they just said, nah, nah, nope, no connection. No connection. <laughs> you know, we have nothing to do with this anymore. Like, you know, we're making our yeah, own but then movie. How does, how does that not fundamentally change everything that that movie is? If it was supposed to connect to it, how was it supposed to connect to it? And what is it that they've changed about it to make it connect? I, I honestly couldn't figure out a way how they could connect it. Because uh, unless you have something to do with them maybe creating the monster, but at the same time, it's not how it worked, like in the first Cloverfield anyway. You know, the mm-hmm. whole monster and how it was created and where it came from. So I don't know. I just I, They were trying, I think, at one time, but they just decided, now we're just going to make Overlord. It's going to be our own movie. I know that they said they're going to create another kind of Cloverfield <laughs> Universe movie. <laughs> this should just fucking connect to the Howard the Duck universe, okay? And oh, there we have fucking the Dark Overlord, okay? That's what they should do. Bring in a bad stop motion fucking looking creature that you know looks like a fucking that that thing in the the, the pit in fucking Star in uh, Return of the Jedi. 
the Rancor, <laughs> I think it was. The Rancor. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. no, that no, no, that no. What he's talking about is the Sarlacc in the pit of Carcoon. No, the uh, Sarlacc yeah. is the pit, dude. I'm talking about the Rancor that fucking Luke Skywalker kills in Jabba's well, palace. When you, well, you said the thing in the pit. So that's all yeah, I'm doesn't, does, yeah. does Luke not fall down into a fucking caged area, which is a pit? <laughs> well, it's not the pit there. of fucking Tartoon or Cartoon or whatever the fuck you called it. It's not the Sarlacc pit, okay? I know the difference. <laughs> I, I guess you should just names. Google the definition of pit. To settle this once and for all. <laughs> all right, but yeah, then that's the rinker. <laughs> yes. See, I think Pit. I think Pit Fighter. Okay, which was a bad video game from the nineties. And you know what? Yeah, also a video game from the nineties. What? What was that? Brains. Brain scan. It was a video game in the 90s, 1994 to be exact. So since we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about that popular game that goes on all of your senses. Why don't you talk to us about this, uh, Ghoul? Brain scan? What's it about? Why'd you pick it? And how annoying is ever for one? I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> brain- <laughs> uh, you know what? This is like one of those flicks that I call it, like, you know, on Cinemax, like late night one time, and Obviously, at that age of, you know, Edward Furlong was still cool. You know, we had just seen him in Terminator 2 a couple years before. Looking forward to seeing what he was going to do with his career. Um, Brain Scan was one of those mid-90s movies that basically was trying to be a nightmare on Elm Street. They were trying to create, you know, the next Freddy Krueger. They were trying to be smart. They were trying to capitalize on all these parents coming out and all these groups coming out, fucking demonizing Mortal Kombat and games like Pit Fighter. And, oh, they're destroying our youth by desensitizing them to violence if they only knew what we'd be playing in this day and age, you know, with Grand Theft Auto Five and shit like that. Um, but... You know, all of these things were coming out. So, 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 what did they do? They capitalized on that. They threw in a hot young actor and said, "Hey, we're going to give you, you know, the possible future of gaming." You know, like it makes me think of this PlayStation commercial that came out years ago, in which you see this guy sitting there and he's like in the game. You know, like beyond virtual reality, almost more like Strange Days type of deal. And as it backs up, like, you know, you see the guy sitting there and it says, you know, on the commercial it says PlayStation 9, you know, but right now, PlayStation 2. And it was like, you know what, man, fuck you. You show me that kind of shit and then you're like, no, I can't say that yet. Here's a controller, asshole. Um, but, you know, that, that's basically the idea here. Is it's like a hypnotic-based type of game, puts you into a dream state. When I first saw this as a kid, you know, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun, especially with the twist ending. You know, that, I think, is what kind of sold me on it at that point. Um, Haven't seen it in a long time. I'd say maybe 20 years at this point. Um, I still find it to be entertaining, but, yeah, Edward Furlong does kind of grate on the nerves a little bit, as does his buddy. Kyle. Hey, Kyle. His 26-year-old friend, Kyle. Best buddies forever. <laughs> you're not going to ride on Santa's sleigh, Kyle, because you're a Jew. <laughs> Can I play Brain Scan now? I want to play Brain Scan. Come on, Michael. Ah, I got mono. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's there's going to be a lot to unpack 
<laughs> with some of these scenes. But, uh, Monkey, what did you think about Brain Scan? All right. Um, like the ghoul said, it's been forever since I watched this movie. I remember watching it when it was a fresh rental back in the day, like snatching it right off the shelf. And I had fun with it. Snatch. Um, <laughs> but I actually think I had more fun with it now um, than I did watching it the first time just because, again, you know, Furlong straight out the gate, you know, right, right after Terminator 2, all this kind of stuff. He was in your face all the time with all the Aerosmith videos that were playing all the time, along with the Aerosmith posters that are all over everyone's apartment in this movie. Something um, wrong with the world today. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like this movie's cheesy, you know, in an extreme fashion. Um, we, we have this, um, you know, lovely horror character in here, which, you know, I'm sure we all agree is... A, a nod to Little Monsters with Fred Savage. Um, like, that's how I took it, and I personally would have taken it as if Fred Savage had meet and trickster, Fred Savage would have definitely gone dark side and become an actual serial killer. But yeah, yeah that movie was definitely, fun. definitely the Howie Mandel vibe was strong with him. Yeah, but. But I had fun with this just at all the cheesiness and camp that was in this movie. It's like I couldn't tell if it was trying to be serious or seriously trying to be funny. You know, but either way I had a fun time with it. Surely movie. you can't be serious. <laughs> I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. King, what did you think of the movie? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it's collectively like what the Google had said and what you had said, Monkey. The same thing for me. I, I watched this movie back in the day when it came out because it was played heavily on HBO and then some of the, the other cable networks like TNT and USA. Um, and I remember watching it back in the day and just kind of not being scared by it. I just kind of <clears throat> thought it was a fun little movie. You know, it's just that, you know, it's got the horror elements in there, but it's also got a little bit of a comedic element. Um, whether it's intentional or unintentional, I still don't know because there's a lot of things that happen in the movie where it's, you kind of question whether or not you should be laughing at it, but you just think it's so over the top that you just kind of have to. Um, I've never been a fan of Eddie Furlong. I, you know, I get, you know, the whole T2 thing is coming off of that. And, you know, the ghoul has talked about Shia LaBeouf a lot, you know, in the past on some of the episodes about how he was kind of forced on everybody. And I think that's kind of what Eddie Furlong was doing back in the 90s. What's that? Just do it. See what you want. <laughs> yeah. And when you want to take it, just and do it. Do it. Yeah. But that was my takeaway from Eddie Furlong. He was the, the 90s equivalent to Shia LaBeouf, where it's like, oh, this kid's going to be huge. You know, let's put him in these movies. And it doesn't really work out so well. And Trickster, played by T. Ryder Smith, yeah, the ghoul nailed it. That's kind of their way of trying to create this new Freddy Krueger type character where he shows yeah. up and he really, you know, when he shows up in the scenes that he shows up in, you know, it's really not to do anything other than just be an asshole where whether or not he's, he's eating or playing Primus, you know, he's just there to be an asshole. And it's like, all right, that's all he's there to do. He's not scary whatsoever. He's not threatening. He's not ominous. He's just there to fucking be a dick. And in a way, I kind of enjoyed it because he is just kind of an asshole whenever he comes on screen, just antagonizing Michael throughout the entire fucking movie. But also there's Frank Langella, Skeletor from He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and Dracula. And he's like half asleep throughout the entire film. 
as Hebert. Yes, don't don't call it He-Man. Okay, it's Masters of the Universe. We have yet to really get a He-Man film. We've gotten a Masters (laughs) of the Universe film. Understood. (laughs) Still, he's in the movie, and I normally like Frank Langella, but watching it now, you know, at my age, I'm like, man, he is just asleep at the wheel with this character. Like, he just collected his paycheck and went the fuck home. Like, he had no interest in playing this character. He's just there to sit in fucking the monkey's car and just do the police work that he has. Because the monkey's yeah. car exactly like that. No, no, that's the bullshit, though, is because the, the, the movie, I mean, the car that he drives in the movie, like, I, I literally had that car, and I, I wore it down until it would not run anymore. I sold it. Saturday morning, and then Sat- and then Saturday night was when I watched this. It movie. was in brain scan. I was like, motherfucker, can't get rid of this piece of shit. <laughs> it's haunting me. It's going to sit with you. <laughs> I but, don't yeah. think Frank Langella was dialing it in here. I actually, oh, wow. I, I honestly think he was taking a, a different tactic that we hadn't really seen yet, you know, in, in films, because video game movies hadn't been the norm at this point. You know, I don't even think we had Mortal Kombat yet. Um, I think he was trying to play an NPC. You know, he knew he was a non-player <laughs> character and that he had to deliver his lines just as non-player characters do in video games. Like, if somebody would have asked him a question a second time, he would have simply repeated the same exact thing (laughs) or told you to go to the tavern down the road to find out where to go to next. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an accurate depiction. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I liked him in the movie as Hayden, like, he wasn't bad. Like, I don't want to say that his acting was bad because I liked him when he was on screen. And there is a scene in the movie that we'll talk about, you know, where he's in it, where I'm like, okay, that's completely out of this world, would never happen, but it happens in this movie. But the one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, the director, John Flynn, do you think there is a way of him kind of playing out a message of how horror fans are kind of condemned for liking horror films? Uh, Because I think it definitely shows in this movie, especially with the horror club, that best friends forever Kyle and, and uh, Michael have with the principal kind of stepping in and saying, I'm shutting this shit down, you know, because horror films are just nasty and it's just like smoking a marijuana cigarette and getting a wicked boner. You know, it's like, uh, so are you basically we love saying, premarital uh, sex. Yeah. So do you think that's <laughs> like the director kind of having fun with it in a way, kind of saying how horror fans are kind of condemned for liking violence and for liking these type of films? Well, I mean, if we were to take it in that direction, I'm sure that that is what he's trying to say. You know, I I, I look at it this way, man. This is, again, 1994. Horror had its big slasher renaissance throughout the 80s. We're back at that period now where that whole thing has died down. Horror mm-hmm. was not quite so popular. You know, Silence of the Lambs had just come out, but that wasn't considered a horror film. That was a drama. That was something big. That was something huge. Um, That's a thriller. But, but it wasn't horror. You know, so it wasn't lumped into the same 
group as people that would have had been in a horror club like, you know, Michael and Kyle here. Um, I I wonder, did Kevin Williamson see this movie and say, hey, I have an idea for a movie, but instead of just making them friends with a horror club, we're going to make them the killers? Um, Mm. Very well a possibility. There were a, a lot of things that I saw in here that were hints of things to come in horror's big comeback in the later portion of the 90s. They were the outcasts. They were the freaks. That's kind of what we were, man. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I could sit there and talk to, like, maybe two or three people about, you know, an off-the-wall horror film, you know, like, like, let's say, like, A Faces of Death or something like that. But if I said Jason Voorhees, every fucking person that was, you know, that was around me would be like, oh, I thought of like this Jason movie. Jason takes Manhattan. Oh, it was so weird when he was in the sewer. Um, (laughs) You know, so, you know, these kids obviously were more along the lines of the faces of death thing or as in this movie, death, 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 part two. Part two. Part two. So, yeah, I'm sure that it was a bit of commentary. You know, the fact is, is that, yeah, you know, here we are. These are these these horror kids. They're comparing it to, you know, to, to drugs and, and other things that have led to, to terrible incidents, you know, where you know, a person fucking goes off, does crack and fucking holds up a liquor store or something, you know. Oh, well, you know. Oh, bad yeah. people do bad things, man, you know, whatever. Fucking plenty yeah. of people do drugs and don't fucking do anything bad, so. Well, and that's why that principal fucking cracked me up in this movie, because when he's talking to Michael in his office and he's talking about the horror films and he's like, it's like the excitement of smoking a marijuana cigarette or getting an erection and raping somebody. He's like, but the erection doesn't rape a woman. Man, he's like, shut up. I'm talking here. Like, what? Like, I think you're, you're I think people rape people. Like boners and weed? Mm. Yeah, but he was people, not not drugs. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't the director trying to give the message to her. He was throwing it in your face. You know that at this yeah. time, this this was the thing right now. Were horror movies and video games? You know, like the ghoul said, we were right. W- at the peak of Mortal Kombat when all the parents were losing their shit, you know, because of all the blood that was all over the place, you know. Cu- she ripped with his skull at- out of his head! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but coupled with everyone wa- wa- watching horror movies and the the bubble had popped and, you know, horror was still trying to stay alive. And, yeah, just like the comic book scare in the 50s, you know, and the the music scare that went on in the... 80s, you know, this was the thing now that parents were latching on to saying that it was making their ch- children horrible. You know, not a lack of parenting, but right now it was horror movies and video games. You know, that was the yeah, thing right well, now. And again... And, and, little and Robin would have never it, done it, anything it, bad had he not seen that it, movie Brain Scan. He <laughs> yeah, was such a good kid yeah. for Brain Scan. Yeah, and the thing is, with, you, you go further back, you know, with... Again, like I said, you know, the, all the labeling of music in the 80s and then the comic book scare in the 50s, all of them all said it always leads to erections and smoking pot. Like, I don't know why parents are so fixated on erections and smoking pot unless they really wanted to smoke a lot of pot and get laid themselves. No, I mean, that goes back uh, to Reaper Madness back in the 30s. Like, if you smoke a marijuana cigarette, you're going to go on a killing spree and fucking dance a lot. <laughs> what? 
Okay. Okay. I don't know about all that, that man, but I do know, you know, for a fact that, like, you know, I've, and I don't know if it's specific strains of pot. I don't know if it's a timing thing or whatever it was, man. But back when I used to partake in that kind of stuff, there'd be weird nights where it's like, you know, you take a couple of hits or something, man. I don't know, like 11, 12 o'clock rolls around. And you got, like, a stiffy from hell. I'm talking, like, the kind yeah. of shit that, like, you can fucking yeah. balance yourself on, you know? Just lay down flat on your belly, and you're going to balance on your schlong, put your legs out, your arms out like you're Superman, and be like, wee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whenever I used to partake, I, the, the bitch was I would always get the three H's, where I would get happy, hungry, and then horny. Mm. I thought you were going to say hard. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Happy okay, that would be 4-H's. <laughs> but that's the same kind of 4-H that was my camp. <laughs> <laughs> so, kids, uh, tell us what the 4-H's stand for. <laughs> I still want to know what the three seashells do. <laughs> no shit, Doc. You don't know what they do? Oh, my God. You don't know. <laughs> know what the three seashells does. No. And, and I, you know, and and it's, I spent yeah. so much Google time on the... you're not going to find an answer Um, but you you know you have the horror club and you know it's the problem that I have with Michael uh, watching it now is that he doesn't really come off as like a horror fan like you know not like me where I was constantly watching horror films back in the day I was always watching something you know when you see Michael you know yeah he's got like you know cute little posters of Frankenstein just plastered over his fucking Fonzie-esque apartment that apparently he lives in in his dad's house with his rad refrigerator with Alice Cooper on the side and a big fucking picture of pizza on it. But, you know, he never really struck me as, like, a horror fan. Like, I was constantly talking about horror movies, where, like, the ghoul had said obscure or mainstream. He just kind of had a horror club where a bunch of fucking kids watched Death, Death, Death Part 2, and that was really it that you saw the horror club. But he never really struck me as, like, a horror fan, even though that's what you're supposed to be seeing in that. He just was a fucking really annoying kid that you just really didn't want to hang out with. King, I've said this once and I'll say it again. It's just, I'm sorry, but compared to you, no one seems like a horror fan because of the amount of knowledge that's stuck in that big head of yours. All right. So you have to deal with the rest of us that don't have an encyclopedia in our head. That's true. But at the same time, I never tried to start a horror club in my high school because I knew it would immediately get shot down. So I can't go to a classroom with a bunch of other outcasts and go watch Death, Death, Death Part 2. You know, go, yeah, man, I'm going to see a gallbladder soon. Isn't that right, Kyle, Whoa. my 26-year-old friend? I mean, come on here. I mean, we've got a movie. It's an hour and 37 minutes long. I mean, do you need the character to go on an exposition about, you know, I don't know, like the differences and nuances between, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula to prove that he's a horror fan? I think the idea was just to kind of show a stereotype of said type of person, you know? Did horror fans at that time, did we read Fangoria magazine? Check. Did we watch obscure horror films that, you know, they obviously couldn't get the rights to, to any specific film to put on oh. there, so they put on Death, 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 you know? Well, check, that's the kind of shit we did, you know? Um, you know, did he we sit there and have our... Friends. Did we get together with... Did we have that, you know, one or two other friends that were big horror fans, too? Yeah, because we gravitated towards each other, you know? It's like how I look at me and, and the doctor, you know? We 
both actually didn't realize like we've been friends for a number of years before we realized that we actually really both loved horror films. Um, I think we both kind of like we're at this, this weird stretch when we first started becoming friends where we were both in that lull of not really like, you know, checking out too many horror films, not watching movies all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden we both just were like, you know, one night I think he was like, Hey, I'm coming over. I got this movie or whatever it was. And it was like, okay, I love fucking horror movies too, dude. And he's like, what you do? Um, and it just, just fucking worked. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't want to be hit over the head with, you know, having to deal with a character trying to prove to me that he is the penultimate horror fan. The kid's a fucking teenager. He's 16 years old. He's got a gimpy leg. He likes horror movies and he likes video games. Now, does the actor and the writing make him come off as a smarmy little shit? Yeah. Absolutely. It absolutely does. You know, when fucking Kyle is going on and on, and I get it, man. Listen, Kyle, you got to fucking take with a grain of salt. He's kind of that annoying type of friend who seems like he needs some fucking Ritalin to calm himself down. Um, he's like one of those fucking dogs that humps your leg. You know, you go over your friend's house, and he's got that little fucking, like, cockapoo poodle or whatever it is, and every time you go there, it fucking jumps on your shit, and you're just humping the fuck away, and you're just like, get off of me. Um... Slip a finger in its asshole. That'll make it go away, believe me, every time. Uh, or it'll love you forever. It's one or the other. Sure. But yeah, so I mean, but when he was going on about like, you know, oh, it was in the latest issue of Fango, you gotta check it out. It's supposed to be like this great game, this and that. Like just Michael's smarmy, like, yeah, well, you know, I played this and I played that. <laughs> And his fucking rig, yeah, yeah. With, you know, he's he's got his TV that doesn't have a back, you know, because God, God forbid you did that, or whatever, his computer set up with that shit, you know, because it's obviously, so, he's yeah. also such a recluse that he's like a super genius who built his own computer and all of this, so he's basically a Bond villain, like, in the making. <laughs> in a way, and that's the other part I wanted to bring up, too, and that's what I was talking about with the monkey last night is that he has that, that computer set up, and he's got his, like, fucking special fucking hacker chair that he sits in, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to watch fucking Death, Death, Death Part 3 next, maybe. But then he's also got this fucking phone system where he should be in fucking MIT teaching classes because apparently he's got this advanced telephone system with Igor from Frankenstein going, yes, master, phone call for you, man. So, like, you know, and he just goes, pick it up, and all of a sudden the guy's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, that's like fucking Tony Stark fucking technology that this fucking 16-year-old has in his house where he just has to say, dial this number, and the fucking thing goes, oh, yes, master, and fucking dials the number for him. 1-800-555-FEAR, because i got to get my brain again. on. You know, and then all of a sudden Nine. he just shows up. He doesn't give an address. He doesn't give anything. And then fucking Trickster mails him a package. <laughs> like, wow. 1994, I just, I man. But Again, on the verge of the internet. Yeah. Just on the verge of the internet. It was just about to happen, you know, so. No, what was just about to happen was virtual reality. <laughs> it was <laughs> all over the fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, mean, so real. I don't know what you guys thought about the whole phone system, but I loved it. I wish I could have had that phone system at 16 years old to have this wicked fucking cool thing where you could be like, hey, Igor. No phone calls. Yes, master. And then all of a sudden it's like, the master's away and he won't be taking any phone calls. Like, what? Coolest fucking thing ever. Like, that was my favorite part of the movie. 
is Igor. <laughs> hey, Igor, fucking phone call to Kimberly and, you know, say dirty things to her. Yes, master. <laughs> I love Kimberly. I like your banana titties. <laughs> yeah, so we got yeah, Kimberly that... with her flat pack oh. titties, which I found uh, out yeah. was also was also the mom in Super Dark Time. Yeah, really? Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> she has, she disappeared yeah. for a couple of years, but she has worked pretty steadily since. So yeah, her her IMDb is fucking loaded. This <laughs> shit. And that's why, like, that's the, the one thing that I did like, and that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about, too, is the, the whole thing with, with Michael, where when you see him, he's got this fucking video camera set up, and he's, co- he's picking it up, and he's looking in her bedroom window, and she's taking off her clothes, and you see her tits, and he's like, oh, yeah, I like what I see. And I'm like, all right, you're a fucking perv, man. I'm like, you know, that's not cool, you know what I mean? But whatever, you know, you're a fucking gimp, and you've got to stay in your room all day long. But then you find out that she's doing the exact same thing. So it's like, all right, well, that cancels each other out. Two voyeurs found mm-hmm. each other. They could be a mother. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, I think, I think they do that just so that you don't completely think that Michael is just like the ultimate yeah. douche. Because seriously, mm-hmm. like this couldn't paint our stereotype any worse. Like, we oh, yeah. have a <laughs> friend, except for, like, one. All we do are, are, is sit there and bitch about things, watch terrible fucking movies, eavesdrop and look in on our fucking neighbors as they're getting dressed or their daughters or whatever, and we fantasize about killing people. Awesome. <laughs> it's just, it's like putting a mirror up to yourself. You know, it's like, this is what you are. Like, you're Michael. Like, you know, deal with it. It's like, yeah, I'm not as whiny as Michael, you know, but I guess, yeah, fine. You know, I'll take it. But um, when the first disc arrives, you know, for brain scan, he's like, all right, guess I'm going to try this out. It's like, all right, I guess I'm in because you see the light flashing and all of a sudden it goes into, like, POV mode, black gloves, and he's breaking into this guy's house. I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't stop laughing during this scene where he kills this guy with this fucking tattoo on his foot. Because the guy, when he gets stabbed, all of a sudden I was waiting for the Benny Hill music to pop up because this guy's fucking running around his fucking house going, ah, ah, I'm dying. Like, you know, I got stabbed once in the back and I'm dying. Like, wow, this guy just went on forever. It was like an Austin Powers moment. (laughs) They just took the horror out of this whole scene. By having this fucking guy run around his apartment with a bed sheet on after he's been stabbed. No, but think, also Bucky? it's like No, but it's like we've got this big dude, all right, in the place. He's got all this cheesy ass Asian decorations all all over yep. his house. You know, well, wearing where, wearing a silk robe and all I could think of was that fucking uh, Uncle Lotho character from Demolition Man. You know, was. <laughs> but why would you ever have a dragon tattoo on your foot? I have no idea, but this guy rocks it. <laughs> because because he was a professional and he didn't want anyone to see his tattoo. He has a little bit of a dark side, so he made sure he had a tattoo where no one in the office dark side. The fat guy in the kimono. He doesn't have a dark yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> He's a wild man. I was thinking he was into. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just into interracial gay porn. You know, I thought that's what you meant when he said dark side. And the whole thing with Trickster telling him like what to do. It's like, all right, so you killed this guy with a kitchen knife, and you have to take a trophy 
So you're going to cut his foot off with a kitchen knife? Like, I, I don't see how you're doing that. Like, you're going to be a, there for at least a half hour sawing through this foot. And no, man, it begins to. For the first <laughs> oh, I mean, here's the thing, though. I think you're, well, I mean, obviously, the, the film, it's meant to be comedic to a degree, or else it wouldn't be presented in the yeah. way that it is. But the other mm-hmm. thing you got to remember is, is that we're watching a video game. You know, so yeah, if you've ever yeah, played yeah, any sure. kind of like, you know, game in which like that kind of stuff has to happen anyway, or like, you know, I'm just trying to think of any horror themed game, everything always is over accentuated or it's over the top. No mm-hmm. chill goes as smooth as you would like it to because that would take away from the challenge of the game. And right. I think that's kind of like, you know, I know the first time I watched it, and that's kind of how I tried to go into it this time too, was, you know, okay, this is it. This is the beginning of the game. Yeah, and, yeah, and it just—if it wasn't done in such a way where you can't stop laughing, I think it would have been more effective. But it's just the fact that the guy runs around in his bedroom for like five minutes, going ah, and just you know, just trying to finally die, so he could saw off his foot and have a a, a trophy. But again, Ghoul, you picked the movie Super Dark Times uh, a couple months ago, and they had the scene where a kid chugs a glass of milk, and it happens here too, and I wanted to puke. I was like, ah, oh, a gang with the milk? Like, gross. Like, I could watch a guy get his foot cut off, but I cannot stand a kid chugging milk and seeing it drip down his chin and his neck. I'm like, ugh, all right, can't do it. And he's like, yeah, that's it. Oh, man, what an experience. Fucking chug my milk. I'm like, oh, God, it's been it sitting out for hours. It makes me wonder Michael. if the scene in Super Dark Times was an homage to this. Because, like, that is a good at- question. This yeah. young lady in this film is the mom in Super Dark Times, which means that there was already a connection to this film. Um, and they both right. take place in the yeah. 90s, obviously. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'd I mean, be surprised. Yeah. Watching him chug that fucking milk afterwards yeah. was, like I said, I mean, just it was drooling that. It's like, dude, what are you, fucking four? You know, you're 16. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you such a dirtbag? Like it just it, it, again, like I said, like the representation of us as uh, as just horror fans is just so terrible. Or like as gamers, like I don't know like what it is that he's trying to represent. I guess all of it rolled into one. But like it was making me think of Cartman in the World of Warcraft fucking episode when like you know they get all fat <laughs> shit and he has his mom come over plate for him shit on. Yeah, mom, bathroom, bathroom. <laughs> Ooh, that was a big one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole chugging of the milk, and then he like takes a big bite out of a sandwich because you know that milk's been out for like hours, so it's definitely warm. It's like, oh god, like you know, can I go back to the foot cutting sequence because that was less disgusting than seeing him chug this milk, and you know, but you know, I liked his reaction to the first death though because he just thinks, oh man, that was just super interactive and it's just cool, man, like. That was just what I needed because these video games suck and this is a whole new experience. But he so quickly turns into, oh, God, what did I do when he finds the foot in his fridge? And he just has that realization, (laughs) I actually killed somebody. Oh, no, what did I do? I don't have any milk left to chug. What am I going to do with this foot in my fridge? Like, you know. Well, there was also the realization of seeing the news report when he goes over to Kimberly's house. That a guy oh had my been God. killed. 
and then he finds the foot. I mean, I would think that reaction would be somewhat, you know, understandable. I mean, here you are. You played what you thought was a video game, you know, and you had a good time doing it. Like you said, you're watching the scene. You're laughing at the scene. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, obviously you've been desensitized to violence, man, because it was really a horrific scene. Um, yeah, but <laughs> anyway, though, you know, like, yeah, he he's thinking that it's a game. So then to find out that it's real, yeah, I think, you know, your initial reaction is, what the fuck? But I also would think that the the reasonable head would sit there and say, dude, I got to fucking tell somebody this shit because, you know what, man? This is fucked up. I played this game, and this is what happened. Right. You know, and, again, and he's he's a that, kid. You know where, you know, maybe the, the reaction would be kind of reasonable where he's like, oh, shit, what did I do? I just, again, I laughed when he's at Timberly's house waiting for her, and all of a sudden a news report kicks on, and the father's like, oh, man. A murder. That's crazy. He's like, I gotta go. Oh God, tell Kimberly I'll call her <laughs> later. Like, yeah, don't act so obvious. <laughs> you know, just swallow it a little bit. And be like, ah, you know, I gotta get home because uh, you know Igor's calling. So I, I just tell her I stop by. But no, you know, he runs out I think of there. I left the curling back. iron on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I, I think I left my milk out, and I gotta go drink it. So. <laughs> And that was about a good. we get our introduction to Trickster. Um, like I said, I like T. Ryder Smith as Trickster. You know, again, I don't really feel like he plays any kind of big part. But when you see him, it, like the monkey had said, I get a very much Howie Mandel, Little Monsters vibe. This is what his promotion is in the underworld. Like, you don't have to go under kids' beds anymore and scare them. Now you get to go into the world with CD-ROMs. And you get to fucking nail them shit and fucking scare them. Uh, you, know, you know, when he, Trickster shows up and he's looking through his CDs and he's like, oh, God, this is shit. Garbage. I don't like this. Here, Michael, put this music on. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to be like dark satanic rock. Nope, Primus. And he just starts <laughs> jumping on <laughs> <up> the <laughs> like, okay. Trickster, you're like, Primus? Okay, fine. <laughs> you know, but... It's just, am I supposed to laugh? Like, I don't get it. Am I supposed to think this guy is hilarious, or am I supposed to be scared? I thought he was hilarious. I don't know what you guys thought. Definitely not scared. The, this is all being played for dark comedy. You know, again, yeah. like I said, this character is a Freddy Krueger. I mean, he literally, that, that is what they were going for. They were kind of trying to poke fun at it. He's a protagonist or whatever, an antagonist in that he's the one pushing, you know, the Michael character to, to keep going, you know, with this. Mm-hmm. You can't stop. Yeah. You have to finish it, you know, or else you lose. Um, but when he does, you know, the whole breaking of the fingers, you know, we saw that in Nightmare in one when Freddy cuts his fingers off, you know, the eye poking scene, like all of this stuff to himself, just to show us that, you know what, he cannot be hurt. So of course, though, with his look, which I do agree to is very similar to the Howie Mandel's character from little monsters. I think they were trying to portray it as a demonic character. I think the idea in your head was, you know, or at least what the initial thought upon watching this film was, oh, fuck, you know, this game has to have some kind of tie to Satan or hell or something, and this kid is just fucked, when, you know, the reality is is that this is just yet another character in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And on on top of that, 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that the character was also something, again, to keep the movie lighthearted, because I feel like this movie was written definitely for 13 and 14-year-olds to watch. This, In my opinion, this was definitely not a movie intended for adult audiences. I, I think it was written for, you know, us younger people when th- these movies were coming out, was that's who it was geared towards, and that's why... Well, that's why you had Eddie Furlong in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you had to have I something to get your girlfriend to show up in the theater, too. So that's, well, that's no, why again, there. though, man, coming off of T2, the, again, this is right in our age range, you know what I mean? Like, we watched T2, and Eddie Furlong was fucking awesome, you know? That's John Cotter, you know? We couldn't wait to see what this kid was going to do next. Here we had a young actor... Mm-hmm. You know, who who was in a, a huge movie, who did great in that huge movie, you know, portraying a, a role that was, you know, again, in what we built up for the Terminator franchise at that point was, was gigantic. So, you know, being that he was the same age as us, you know, this is the character that we're there for. What I can say for sure is that this movie's not good for eight-year-olds because when we first started it, Samantha was watching it with us. And once that death scene happens in the bed, that whole kill sequence, that did it for her. She, like, she had to cover her eyes for the majority of that scene. And then, right. you know, she got up and was like, I can't watch this. And she went mm. into the other room at that point because it was too much for her. So whereas we're looking at it and laughing because of the amount of violence that we have seen through movies over the years, somebody that has not seen that much violence yet would be affected by what this movie has shown so far. And I can see that, too, and that's a good point, because, I mean, there is a point in that scene where he does get killed, the, the guy, where it is just very kind of brutal with the knife to the back, you know, and you see the blood spurt up and the knife going back into his back. It's just everything after that is just kind of comedic to us because we've seen enough horror movies where it kind of gives us a laugh. Um, well, especially I'm sure by that point, you know, we've seen all the yeah. Nightmare on Elm Streets, we've seen all the Friday the 13th, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? We've seen a whole slew of fucking horror movies by now. Oh, of course. And, and I'm then, talking you know, when this that, came out. Yeah. And there's that one scene where Michael leaves and he comes back and Trickster's still there, but he's raided his fridge. And apparently he just made a plate of just bananas and hot dogs and just covered it in mustard. And he's got that chicken raw, and he's eating it. And I'm like, this is the perfect buddy comedy that could be on Fox back in the 90s. Trickster and Michael, you know, roommates for life, you know. Oh, Trickster, you're just such a fucking mess. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, I get it. They were trying to do the little comedic bit with him eating the chicken and having the whole thing with the, the mustard and the bananas, you know. And it's, it's, you wonder why Michael just couldn't go to the cops. Because Trickster's reaction to him saying, I'm going to the cops, is just like, yeah, but you got to play the next disc, Michael. Like, you could go to the cops, but really, you should play the next disc. And he's like, I don't want to. And he's like, yeah, but you have to. There were witnesses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I won't go to the cops. What do I have to do next? He's like, well, there were witnesses, Michael. You have to play the next disc. Don't you want to play the next disc? And he's like, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't like you, Trickster. (laughs) <laughs> play the next day like, you know just you know what happens and, yeah. and that that's what I was talking about with the monkey last night again another scene that made me laugh so hard and it was probably unintentional Michael sets up a video camera in his room with the second disc because he wants to see what happens whether or not he actually goes out and does something so he goes 
my name is Michael. I'm 16 years old, and I'm scared to death. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> God, you're grating on my nerves. You know, yes, what did you it does come off happen? as it comes off as very cheesy. But what I think, if I remember correctly, that was in the trailer for the movie. Was it might okay. have even been how the trailer opened. So I think okay. the idea was you had that in there to make you think what you were going to see was like a legitimate horror movie, you know, as opposed to uh, this, which was more of like, a, again, a bit of a schlocky comic fest. Personally, besides that, which, yes, had me cracking up too, I hate this entire fucking sequence because I feel like this, like, I, I wonder if somewhere there is an entire portion of this movie that's been cut out because I feel completely cheated that we don't get to see what happens to Kyle. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to bring up, too. They don't show you what the fuck happens. They show you him wake up at his trance, and he goes to the videotape, and he's like, what the fuck happened? And you see him get up, and he goes, oh, God, oh, God. And he goes to the freezer, and he finds Kyle's necklace in the freezer kind of covered in blood. But you don't find out what happened to Kyle. You see the cops at the house. You see Kyle's room is blood splatter. And, oh, my God, the first thing I'm going to do is call my friend Kyle and go, Kyle, are you there? Kyle. And then Hayden goes, hello, who is this? Uh, uh, <laughs> no one. Hang up, hang up. <laughs> I know it was you that called, Michael. No, it wasn't. It sounded like you, Michael. It wasn't, I swear. I never called one night. <laughs> I know you did. Rub the phone on your beaver, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and oh, Hayden. Wrong type of phone call, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Hayden, like I had said, Frank Langella, he he's good in the character. A little lazy for me, you know, in, in his performance. I do like the fact that he just goes into Michael's house without a warrant with a big-ass spoon because he, you know, realizes that the fireplace has been used. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to get these ashes real quick. That's total, like, right. that's total illegal search and seizure. You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. But he does it without any problems. He's like, yeah, I know he's hiding something because the fireplace is used and it's a summer. So obviously I'm going to go in and I'm going to get this spoon, dig up some ashes and walk the fuck out. That's illegal. You can't I mean, do that. We we can we can pick on all kinds of things with the police in this in this movie. I think it's just the whole idea of like you know what we've seen in a ton of other films. You know, think about the Lethal Weapon movies. You know, do we ever sit there oh, yeah. and say, oh well, you know what, fucking what Martin, you know what Riggs and Murtaugh just did? That's definitely not going to be admissible in court. No, we're like, fuck <laughs> yeah, go get him, motherfuckers. You know, but like yeah, even the fact that he goes in there and he talks to Michael, like you're talking to an underaged child whose parent is not home if you go nope. to bring that in front of a judge all the parent needs to do is bring a lawyer and the lawyer is going to be like dude you talk to a child without parental fucking and you know any kind of, uh, of authority figure to tell him whether or not it was even okay you know that's not gonna not gonna fly the fact that he got the fucking ashes from the fireplace well how did you get him what did he do stand outside with the fucking plastic bag and wait for them to come fluttering out of the fucking chimney so he can catch them <laughs> No, again, that's exactly illegal search and seizure. There's no way they can do that. And that, um, that's also like the um, like the scene where <clears throat> they're doing the search, you know, throughout the woods for some reason. You know, they're having like the manhunt and Hayden. Oh uh, no, the guys no, that, that was 
it was like a neighborhood watch. That was the idea with that. That was like, right. hey, everybody, there's a yeah. killer around. We're not looking for him, but we're just going to patrol the neighborhood to make sure that everybody stays safe. Which is my nobody, point. Is, nobody bring yeah, a Hayden firearm. tells him, listen, <laughs> if you have a weapon and I find you with a weapon, I'm going to arrest you. So no weapon. This is just a search. And they're like, okay. The next scene, fucking everybody's got guns. The guy's got a shotgun. The other guy's got a pistol. Like, you know, they all have their guns out as they're looking for whatever they're looking for. I'm like, yeah, obviously they listen really well. And you saw how well that's <laughs> oh, they're fucking chugging whiskey out of a flask. And, you know, I mean, it was oh, like yeah. the scene in uh, Halloween fucking four all over again, you know? Oh, yeah, with Ted Hollister. Mm-hmm. You just shot Ted Hollister, you son of a bitch. That's exactly the reference I got, too, so I'm glad you brought that up. Cool. It's Ted Hollister's Molly for But you have that whole thing where they're in the fucking woods and they're searching. Edward Furlong, the third disc, which is made out of his own blood, which I kind of appreciated. It was kind of cool to see that. But it was covering up the evidence, so covering up the foot tracks that led to Kyle's house so that they wouldn't connect it back to him. Could you fucking wear black, Michael? Maybe you don't <laughs> want to put on a black hoodie or something. Maybe not wear a bright fucking denim fucking hoodie and not even cover your head. Like, just not even bother that. Just, I'm going to go run over to his house real quick and cover up the tracks and then run back home. I thought you were a gimp. Like, I thought you had a limp. Why are you running? He does <laughs> have a limp, which is what he specifically brings up when they, when they mention the footprints, right? He says to him, he goes, oh, my limp. Okay, except the footprints are in the little fucking flower bed right in <laughs> yeah. front of the window. So it was only mm-hmm. one, like one it was set. one of each foot. It was a set of prints. <laughs> so how is anybody going to see your gimpy fucking footprints if it's just one set, like, do you stand there in a weird sort of way? Like, it's not like his legs shot out, like, four feet over where, like, you know, like, oh, there's his right foot. Oh, it's Michael, because, look, his left foot's three fucking centimeters to the right over there. Um, plus, he's running, like, okay, in video games, all right, again, just because, again, it's a game. You don't get, not in every game do you get to choose your outfit, you know? So maybe it's just what the fucking, the trickster gives you. You got to wear what you got to wear. Um, but, but in the first one, in the first disc, he was wearing black. Because you see, when he stabs the guy, he's wearing all black. He had black gloves. Because black that's what on. the game gave you. That's what the game gave ah, you. Well. Do what you're wearing, you know what I mean? You got to do it in whatever the fuck it is that you do. And I would think, too, being that he was being more resistant to continue, mm-hmm. they've got to make it harder and harder yeah. and harder, you and know, he, so... Yeah, and, and, and plus the video game was in the middle of a lawsuit, so he didn't have access to downloadable content. Yeah, <laughs> mm, say, you know, fucking real life gets involved, man. I'm sure fucking, you know, the J- the Jasons that walk around in the Friday the 13th game are probably all sitting there. They're all bummed out. They all talk to one another. It's kind of like fucking Wreck-It Ralph. They probably have their own little, like, bad guys anonymous type of deal. And it's just Jason, 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 and, like, little boy Jason, and that's it. Just sitting in a round circle drinking coffee and bitching about life. I used mm-hmm. to be somebody. I used to be a thing. Now I can't do anything. But you know, but let's, you know, let's you all hug it out, guys. Let's all hug it out. <laughs> yeah. 
you get him trying to cover up the tracks, and then Trickster calls the the uh, the cop in the house, and he's like, "Oh, I have a tip. The guy's outside. This is just a concerned citizen." He's like, "Oh, really? Okay." And look outside the window, and Michael's fucking running full speed ahead. I thought you had a limp, Michael. Like for once, just kind of act like you have a limp. Oh, I will, but it's not going to be right now when I'm sprinting through the woods to get home. Listen, man, you got to run, you got to run, dude. You know, whether you got a fucking gimpy leg or not, you're going to fucking try to haul ass best you can. What I wonder, though, is, is with all this concern of these footprints that, you know, because of his gimpy leg, it looked pretty fucking muddy out there for the most part. So you're telling oh, yeah. me that, like, you know, going to cover those two footprints in that little flower bed as opposed to all the tracks that he is now making as he's fucking <laughs> beelining across the yard, jumping over the fence, running through the woods, hiding in the bushes. It felt like a fucking solid snake game, you know, at that point, when he's, like, hiding <laughs> yeah. in the fucking bush with the cop in front of him. You know, the cop's got the flashlight, and again, it's like in fucking, yeah. you know, any of those <laughs> th- those fucking games where it's like you, know, you got to stay out of the cone of light that is the fucking guys, you know, and if they catch you and they get the little question mark on their head, all you got to do is just get a little bit out of their range and hide, and they can be right in front of you and not see you and be like, and then they walk away. Yeah. Well, luckily for Michael, they were distracted because you get – the Halloween 4 thing like we were talking about where the one guy with a shotgun sees the cop for one half of a second, blows him away. But does Hayden arrest the guy? Does he say, you're going down, pal? No, he just goes, who's going to tell his wife? What? (laughs) You're not going to go, all right, guy with shotgun, uh, you're going down. (laughs) You're pretty much getting arrested. But you forgot about the coon. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you can't fucking leave that out, man. There was a coon in the movie, dude, and you know that that didn't see a lot of them in the suburbs, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Well, especially the the German Shepherd too, that kind of pops up a couple times in this movie. You know, once with the foot, and then again when he's looking at Michael. This German Shepherd sucks at his job. Because the German Shepherd, a hunter, sees Michael in the building that he's in, and he just sits there. Then Michael's like, eh, eh. And the fucking dog runs away. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> German Shepherd would stay there until his owner came. And Michael Well, the first time we out. see it, it's just walking up to the house. The next time we see it, it's coming out of the house to fucking as Michael, who's in now the middle of the woods with a shovel, who's going to bury the <laughs> yeah. foot. And the dog takes the foot and just leaves with it. And then we get in here. Well, listen, I know I'll never ask you for anything again, but please, doggy, please, can I have the foot back? <laughs> yeah, and then the owner comes to find the dog, and then, you know, you have Michael Wayne in, like, the most exposed part of this forest, just going, oh, God, oh, God, please don't find me, please don't find me. I'm like, yeah, well, obviously you're lucky because the guy's blind because he doesn't see you laying in the bushes covering this foot that was hacked off. He just wants his dog, mm-hmm. and then he walks away. Like, come well, on. If he buries his face in his arms, he's invisible. You know what I mean? It's like fucking JP <laughs> in Grandma's Boy, when he's, like, hiding up against the fucking wall. <laughs> like, we see you there, yeah. JP. I am a robot. I'm a robot. Matrix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he walks out, but then at the same time, you kind of wonder if that's the trickster's, you know, game. You know, by having him not get caught in the woods, if the tricks is really controlling it up until this point. You know, with him not getting caught, of the cop getting shot, 
you know, you kind of wonder how much the tricker is controlling the game. As much as he's fucking with Michael, you know, he's keeping him safe. You know, even when he makes the phone call to the cop saying, this guy's in the yard, I'm a concerned citizen, the cop gets shot anyway and he dies. So Michael can get away and get home. So, well, he also kills his principal. Because the principal fucking catches yeah, him, and then the fucking, you know, the bricks all fall down on top of him, and he dies. But nobody was supposed to die. Yep. You said it was only to get clues. You didn't say anybody was going to die, trickster. <laughs> I was listening to Primus the entire time. Fuck you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know. Um, you have the fourth disc, which is basically the last witness, and that's Kimberly. <sighs> The love interest. The one thing that I couldn't stop fucking wondering about is her fucking bedroom made no sense to me. Because when Michael enters her bedroom when she's sleeping, it's like a fucking 45-year-old single woman's fucking bedroom. You have, like, dead plants on the wall, fucking flower wallpaper. There's picture frames everywhere. And then they cut to her bed, and there's a Metallica poster and an Aerosmith poster. Like... I, who fucking designed this room? Like, I, it's just like made no sense. Her mother. Yes. I guess. Yeah. I, t- uh, I, I guess told you, man. It's way of rebelling by putting up these posters. Yeah, I told you, uptight parents were there. Only, she's only allowed to put up so much stuff on her wall. Oh, it's it's probably like a certain amount of like square footage that you're, she's allowed to use. I mean, who knows, yeah. man? Maybe she like you know took this room over as she got a little bit older. You know, she <laughs> she was starting to diddle herself and explore areas of her body that you know daddy should be able to see and that kind of thing. And especially Michael taking pictures, she's in there trying to find new ways to put on a show for him. He's yeah, well, she's busy flick. She's busy flicking the bean, you know, and poor daddy's in the fucking room next door wondering why, you know, his little baby is fucking moaning and groaning and having fucking O's. He's too busy hating his wife. Because that obviously is not a guy that loves his wife. Especially when you see him in that one scene. It's like they're one step away from domestic violence. Like if Michael did not show up, he would have been beating his wife for no apparent reason. Because she coughed. <laughs> so then we get him off the bench. So then Tony, we would have cut it again. Why don't you come here and blow me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, give me a quick uh, BJ. You know, let's save up for it. But <laughs> he has Michael going into her bedroom. He's like, I don't want to kill her trickster. I don't want it because I love her. And he's like, oh, really? Then maybe we should merge together. No, trickster, no. Fucking... <laughs> The merge sequence. I, I still can't stop cracking up in that merge sequence. Now he's the mixer. He was the trickster, but now that he's part Michael and part trickster, he's the mixer. He's the mixer. Yes. That needs to be an action figure. If they're going to make a brand scan line of action figures, make the mixer. Half Michael, half trickster. They have that really kind of cheesy 90s special effect of him falling in the trickster's eye. No, I'm like okay, the picture's <laughs> taking over. He's got the yellow eyes, and he's got the scissors in his hand. He's like, yeah, I have to kill you now, Kimberly, because it's time. But Michael, I love you. What? We both take pictures. <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I, I'm a voyeur too, Michael. Do you want to see my tits? No, I have to kill you. But I love you. <laughs> Come on. You're going to do the whole I love you thing like Freddy Krueger and uh, uh, Freddy's uh, part two? 
I was about to say, man, this this was the ending of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Jesse and Freddy merged and fucking, you know, true love is what fucking did it. It's like the movie Enchanted, you know. I've been dreaming of true love's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what that is. I just know Freddy Part 2. So I'll go with that example. Um, Think about Freddy Part 2, but in a musical form. Mm. Okay, so there you go. But it's just the, the fact that she says, I love you, and it's just, it's really not working. So all of a sudden, Frank Langella shows up, and he goes, murderer, and bam, you know, blasting Michael away. I'm like, all right, well, that's does, fucking it awesome. it does work. That's the thing. It does work. True love works. Michael and the trickster separate, and yeah. not going to kill her. But because he didn't finish the game... Game over, bitches. Hayden walks Exactly, in. but that's what I liked about it, because you have them separate, and the trickster basically lets uh, Hayden into the room. And you see mm-hmm. the trickster look away and like, cover his face as Michael gets shot. I'm like, that's great. I like this. This is a cool way to kind of wrap up this movie. But wait, no. We're not done, because they're giving you the M. Night Shyamalan treatment, where he wakes up in his chair, and it but this oh, is before man. M. Night ever did the M. Night Shyamalan treatment. Exactly. It was this, but to me, and I told this to the monkey last night, it was, to me, it still is like a fuck you ending. Where it's like mm-hmm. you were on this ride the entire time, and you see him get shot, and you think this is the end because he got killed and he didn't finish the game. No, it didn't fucking happen. He woke up in his chair and it's still the same night when he put the first disc in. And you have a different voice, not the trickster's voice saying, this has been brain scan. I hope you've enjoyed your experience of a neurological game. I'm like, no, no, no. This is a hypnotic game. There are a couple scan. different ways in which you can come back to reality. Like, I personally, I loved it. Uh, the first time I saw this, I loved the ending. I still enjoy the ending for it. I like mindfuck type of endings like that. And, you know, like, I... I don't really remember many before this, but I know I've seen other films that had had that kind of shit. I was heavy into uh, hallucinogenic drugs at this time in my life when I uh, had originally watched no. it. So there were all kinds of crazy, like conspiracy theories and all kinds of like weird twists and turns and funky movies that I was watching. So for this right. film to have such a cool little twist ending when all I thought I was watching was just like, you know, a shitty little horror film, I really loved it until Michael throws his temper tantrum. And then that completely threw the entire fucking thing out. Like, any coolness that this kid had just goes completely out the fucking door. Well, to me, it was kind of like the the ending of A Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life, where he, like, wakes up and realizes that it was just, like, it was all a dream. Then he fucking has a temper tantrum, like the ghoul said, where he just destroys everything. You know, he destroys his computer, and he destroys this, and he destroys that. But then he realizes his best buddy forever, Kyle, is still alive. He's like, best buddy, Kyle, I love you. Great to see you, Kyle. I love you, Kyle. Haven't seen you in so long. I really miss you. Hi, Kyle. If I was Kyle, I'd be like, dude, can I have a couple lines, please, share? (laughs) So, Monkey, what did you think about, you know, the ending of of BrainScan, having that total kind of of, uh, mindfuck? You know, did you like it? Yeah, well, what I was going to say was that 
like the goal, I really appreciated it. And like what you said is I thought it was exactly like a Christmas Carol of you go through all this shit, just like with Ebenezer Scrooge. He thought he died at the end in his grave um, to wake up and find out you're alive. Life is awesome. <clears throat> and, yeah, he was going through that. And, again, then he goes through this, you know, shit fit of totally destroying what everything, that, in my opinion, you know, what's his life that he built. And, you know, just getting all pissed off at Trickster and shit like that, that made no sense to me at all. You know, again, just painting horror fans into an even better light to where we, when we lose a video game, we get pissed off and destroy our systems, you know. Hey, listen, yeah, man, control, <laughs> controller breakage is a real thing, you know. But the fact that, like, you know, it's not like Ebenezer Scrooge came back at the end of A Christmas Carol was like, I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm gonna light my fortune on fire and burn down my house! Like, that's not what <laughs> yeah. happened, you know? It's like he went and fucking used that shit for good! So the fact that he yeah. decides to just fucking break and trash everything is like saying that not only for one, you know he enjoyed the game because he was fucking happy that it was a game and it was mind-blowing. But then, too, it's like, well, I really like that game. But you know what? Fuck all this shit. It's not real. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. People. People are real, and I need to be social. Yeah, and it may be like, you know, when he had that temper tantrum and then he realized that Kyle's alive, and he's like, oh, my God, I love you, Kyle. You're alive. Like, I was wondering if there was going to be a scene where he renounces horror movies, too. Like, if he's become that guy that realizes that horror movies are just too violent and they just be too real and I'm not going to watch them anymore because I trashed my whole system and now I'm not going to watch horror movies anymore. I was kind of waiting for that, too, and it never came. But I feel like he's that kid that realizes <laughs> that he just got too close and he's just not going to watch mm-hmm. horror movies anymore because of just how violent they are. Well, we think that, but... We'll get to it in a minute. But, yeah, meantime, like you said, you know, people are real. He needs interaction. So he and his buddy, best buddy forever, Kyle, heads straight on over to Kimberly's where the party is still going on from when he put in the first disc. <laughs> Kim, Kim I have a boater. I have a boater. Do you want to see it? <laughs> yeah. The party is hilarious because I was thinking about the group. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I, I want a marijuana cigarette because I have a huge raging boner right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the ghoul during the party sequence at the end when he realized that Kyle's alive and they go run across the street to go to the party. It was like a can't hardly wait moment where he's like, where's Kimberly, man? And then you have the one girl with the 90s fucking hat on and sunglasses going, oh, yeah, I know Kimberly. She wears T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, her name is Kimberly. Like I was waiting for like a can't hardly wait that moment. Kimberly's weird friend, Stacy, who is, you know, pre-goth goth. Like, I, I, yes. I, I remember, like, yep. one girl that I knew in high school who dressed like this chick. And, oh, you know, I know she was, too. like, yeah. heavy into, like, Nirvana and, like, all of that stuff, except, like, she was real. Whereas this girl was like, hey... This is all real too, yeah. like too nice and too clean and too pretty looking. Still, like there was just no living in that outfit that she had. And I, I mean, that's what basically happens because Kyle's like, "Hey, I really like your outfit. It looks like you're in like one of those 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 music videos." And she's like, "Hmm, video? Did you say music video? I want to suck your dick." <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, he says, you look like that girl that was in that movie that was directed by that guy. And she's like, really? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, totally. And then she takes her glasses off, and she's like, oh, your name's Kyle, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's getting some action. Dude's getting way <laughs> You know, that's all it took is a girl to, you know, he's realize like Kenny fucking Fisher, man. Yeah, yeah. And the monkey, didn't you say that too? That it was like that yeah. couple from Channel the Wait. Yeah, the one that always makes something bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, Seth Green and Lauren Ambrose from Channel the Wait. They're just gonna go fucking yeah, bathroom. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely had that same look, man. Uh, can't hardly wait. It was a couple of years away, though. So, I mean, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe Lauren Ambrose saw this movie and said, hey, I'm going to dress like this chick from this movie, Brain Scan, <laughs> and I'm going to make it cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going to make it cool. I'm going to be the outsider. And you have Michael going, running upstairs, looking for Kimberly. And he's like, oh, hey, Kimberly, can I talk to you alone? She's like, of course, Michael. Like, what, what do you want to ask me? And she's like, well, do, do, do you want to go out sometime? No, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Damn. And it's, and it's not the right time. But I'm going to kiss you anyway. Anyway, I'm going to leave my bedroom now. So have fun. Party. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just going to leave you in my bedroom so you can look around. Oh, my God. She's got pictures of me. She totally wants to be Really? Like, uh, uh, that's a takeaway, Michael. Well, it's 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 a fascinating little conundrum because then you got to really question: Was the game really a game? Was the game really reality? What was real? What was fake? Is the top still spinning? It would have been great if the trickster showed up at the end, like at the party, <laughs> you know, hanging out, drinking, you know, watching in the back, and all of a sudden he just gives a big thumbs up to Michael. Like, you did it, bro. Brain scan. <laughs> you know, great way to but, end it. Yeah. No, but I, I like where they go next. I, I like where they go next after this. Well, what way do they go? Why don't you explain it? No, because... Yes, a, where after, do they go, monkey? <laughs> well, no, because a, after the party, the next day at school, uh, M- Michael shows up and t- talks to the douchebag teacher that totally shut down his horror club and said he has... A, yeah, that douchebag. Yeah, and he's saying he's he's got a new game that he wants to present to the the group. But as as for the rules set by the principal, it has to be reviewed by the principal first. And he hands right. the principal a copy of Brain Scan. And he's like, I think you'll I love it. <laughs> You're gonna have a God, really good so time, principal. No, and then you get the scene of the trickster sitting in the background giving a thumbs up to Michael. <laughs> yeah, and the principal behind the principal's desk, which made me think that they were trying to make this a franchise. Like, it made me think at that last moment that they were definitely thinking of making a brain scan, too. Like, everybody's going to love the trickster. They're going to be dressing up like him at Halloween. They're going to be buying trickster posters and T-shirts, and everybody's going to want to see trickster again. Like, it made it seem like I'm they were gonna, trying to formulate a franchise. I'm going to go out and buy the Brain Scan video game for Sega Genesis. It's going to be so real. Yeah. I'm surprised Actually, they, they didn't they, try to capitalize on that. In some they, way, shape, they, or form. Did, they did try to make one. Uh, it was almost released in Europe. And then the Brain Scan game was actually based on a, an actual video game called Brainwaves. Okay. Yeah. So they actually tried. 
They, but yes, they actually tried to p- pump out a brain scan game. Now, was this but like he, a platformer, or were they like really yeah. trying to go with? Because I know the, during this period in '94, like we had Sega CD just starting to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of this full motion video was starting to pop up. Like that was supposed to be like the next big thing. Dude, what did I tell you, King? Stash the shit, bro. Yeah. I, I, like, I know that full motion yeah. video was like the next big thing. I know Dana Plato was in some game for the Sega Night CD track, or the 3DO or some shit. Um, yeah, yeah. That was supposed to be the next big fucking, the big gaming thing was, you know, it's not just going to be a game, it's an interactive movie. Because, you know, nothing says playing a game better than not actually playing a game. <laughs> yeah. <We'd laughs> no, I know, because... No, because uh, and I've been seeing a lot of what the games were back then. Just because um, this past Christmas we ended up giving our um, youngest son a complete Sega Genesis system that was the Sega Genesis, the Sega CD, and the Sega 32X. And yeah, and I go back and watch some of these older Sega CD games, and it's just they're just so choppy and grainy and stuff like that. But at the same time, back then it was just so, like you said, so cutting edge, so over the top, you know. But like, yeah, that's well, the thing; it never, yeah. it never did it for me. I don't know about you, but like I know back then, like I was looking at that stuff and being like, it does, like, it, like I get, like you know, it looked to me like, all right, I can see where this is gonna be cool at some point, but it's mm-hmm. not at that. So I never even bothered with it, nor did a lot of other people. Hence, why these things never succeeded. No, you're you're right. Yeah. That does, that's exactly why they didn't succeed. Is just because the only people that were buying them were the hardcore gamers who wanted that next step, but the rest of us weren't liking what we saw. We we, we wanted something that was more of a finished product than something that was in, you know still being built. I think we yeah. also learned that like gamers like games that you play, you know, more mm-hmm. than you like games that you watch. Even though, I mean, these days now with everything with these cell phones and all of these uh, Telltale games, like the Walking Dead game and everything, that whole adventure style game, which was big in computers in like the late 80s, early 90s with like fucking Space Quest and King's Quest and all of that stuff, um, has kind of made a big comeback. Um which is cool, you know, like, I know I, I remember having a buddy of mine who had, like, you know, a, a computer with, like, you know, the big thing was, like, hey, I got a VGA card, you know, and the games are so colorful and they're so beautiful and, like, you know, like, here I am, I'm playing my Genesis and then I'd go over his house and see some of these computer games and be like, fuck, man, what the fuck am I doing wrong, you know? Um, but at the same time, too, you know, the fact is, is we like to have our controllers, we like to push buttons, we like to actually interact within our games, for the, the most part. Most of us do. There's a whole group out there that likes those slower-paced games. I'm not one of them. No, well, neither and, am I. You know, <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, about brain scan, especially in today's society where you have, um, like, kind of interactive of games, like um, uh, Pokemon Go. Where it's like, you know what, in this day and age, why can't there be a brain scan interactive game you can play on your mobile device or something like that? You know, where it takes you in the real world situation, but incorporates horror. You know, where you could have like a brain scan virtual reality almost. You know, it's, uh, it's right they're popping up. 
Uh, I know mm-hmm. in Howell, uh, a couple towns over from here, there is a virtual reality arcade now. Um, you'd actually oh, you'd cool. have to like you know book time ahead. You pay per hour type of deal. Um, I haven't gone yet, but some friends of mine have, and they said that it is a shitload of fun. You know, it's really cool. Um, you know, you get the whole headgear, all that stuff. Like the the quality of image is you know almost realistic, which is cool because I remember back in like. I want to say it might have been like 93, 94. I remember doing some virtual arcade thing in New York City um, on Pier 52. And, uh, you know, it was like you put the headset on, you stood in like a weird circle, and you had to shoot these like real polygon, you know, polygon style pterodactyls that were coming from the sky and shit. But there was like nothing real about it, you know. It was just you were. Right. Vector graphics, essentially. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying it out. I haven't gone there yet, but that is, you know, supposedly the next big thing is augmented reality. Now, an actual brain scan thing is obviously not allowed because you cannot put hypnotic in or fucking, you know, subliminal imagery yeah. in that kind of shit. That Fuck is people's true. brains. Um, so as we close out tonight, uh, like I said earlier, uh, the doctor is going to be off for the next two weeks, so we're going to be changing it up a little bit. So Instead of it being doctor's pick next week, it's going to be back to me. Uh, so I was thinking about it throughout the episode, and I kind of want to stay in the 90s. And I want to go to 1998, and I want to cover Dee Snyder's Strangeland, which has a similar kind of feel using the Internet to kind of lure victims to his lair. But I'm such a huge fan of Dee Snyder. He's going to be at the NJ Horrorcon uh, in September. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to cover Strangeland because it's one of my top movies. Uh, especially with D. Snyder playing a villain. Uh, and I, I hope that you guys appreciate my pick as much as I appreciate presenting it. Yeah. All right. So I've cool. seen this movie once before, and I hated it. So, <laughs> but you know what? At that time, I don't know if I was, you know, ready to, to watch it. I might have been expecting something different. Um, I know that has happened with me with a lot of films, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to traversing strange land yet again. Yeah, it's been on my list for a while. You know, like I said, I'm such a huge fan of Dee Snyder. I thought he was a great villain. So we'll see what you guys think about it next week. So, uh, Ghoul, wanting to hit us with a plug as we close out tonight. Here's a plug. Plug. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody. Do you got a significant other? If you do whether it be man, woman, no children, because we don't support pedophilia here. But animals, German, that's fine, ger- man. German Shepherd. <laughs> if you want to fuck your German Shepherd, go ahead, man. Don't put any videos up about it, though. That's kind of fucked up. Um, just also, you know, if the dog says no, no means no. It's just, just how it goes, you know. Animals, people, minerals, vegetables, it's all the same shit. Um, but if you do, at least get them some jewelry. And if you're going to get jewelry, go to Bonfire Bee Designs. Uh, you can find her page on Etsy at Bonfire Bee Designs, all one word, or her Facebook page, which, you know, unfortunately she has not had any time to update recently. So whatever's on there has probably been on there. But we've got 90 seconds left, so go to Bonfire Bee Designs, buy some shit, because it's nice to do that. All right. People. Monkey, sign off. All right, to all the right fans out there, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for more of the frights and sounds of Talking Terror. I'm your monkey in a straight jacket saying good night, everybody. <laughs> and as always, like the ghoul says, stay scared. 
that was something that George Romero used to always sign and used to always say in his autographs. So I appreciate that the ghoul brought it on to the show. That's my line. I always say, that is your line, but it's also George Romero's line. So I kind of appreciate that you use it now, uh, kind of bringing it back to Romero. So like the ghoul always says that, uh, I will say, keep America strong, watch horror movies. Next week, it's going to be a D. Snyder episode. It's going to be talking a little bit of Twisted Sister, a little bit of Strangeland. So, Ghoul, use that line that you use so well. And honor Romero. Stay scared. Stay scared, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.